It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder played a preseason game tonight. Josh Giddy went off. You can overreact all you want to because Josh Giddy played a phenomenal game. We saw Lou Dort carry over his three-point shooting. What happened with the rookies? How did this rotation shake out? And what is it looking forward to to start the regular season? All the takeaways, all the overreaction, all of the hype from today's first preseason game and more coming up on the Locked on Thunder podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Thunder first preseason game against the Charlotte Hornets. Talk all about Josh Giddey's great debut Talk about what the Thunder can improve on, what they carried over from last year, and what to look forward to for the rest of this season. All of your overreactions and so much more, including handing out our MVP pick of this game. And did we win or lose our first money ball of the season? Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single day, every single morning. We're available and free on all platforms. Make sure you go subscribe anywhere. Get your podcast from, including on YouTube as well. So make sure you check that out right here on Locked On Thunder. Of course, you can also find me over at thundersintentions.com and on Twitter at Rylan underscore style. So the Thunder played an actual basketball game today. They played a fun game. It was a live stream only game on, on the Thunder website. It was weird, but it was back. And you know, we start with the way we always do with the uh, game overview. Kenny Hustle was out with a bruised toe. And they say that if this was a regular season game, Mark said that 
Kenny would have played, but it's not, it doesn't really matter. Derek favors us out on a return to play plan. And so I saw this question, you know, what does that mean? So he had a knee injury. He's been getting treatment and he's just not ramped up enough to play. Think of it that way. It's just a fancy way of saying he's not physically ready yet. Or if you want to say, you know, conditioned yet to play a actual basketball game, he's more so in that practice kind of area of his return to play, which is why we saw on Sunday, he only participated in the non-contact portion of practice. So he's got to do the non-contact, then he'll participate in like contact practices, and then he'll play in the actual games and, and he'll play in the actual kind of contest here. Vit was also out, but this time it was with a visa issue. Which we saw this visa issue last year twice with Tim Aldon in the preseason and Gabriel Deck in the regular season. So this is nothing new for the Thunder. Um, they're going to work this out. And hopefully with such a long kind of delay here, it's worked out in time for him to play on Sunday. Remember last year with Tim Aldon in the preseason, he played the first game and then they ran to this visa issue. And whenever they did that though, there was only three games left and they were like two days apart. You know, they, they, they the schedule just so condensed to where they had, they didn't have enough time. And so his preseason ended with just one preseason game. Hopefully for Vit, they can get this cleared up by Sunday, you would imagine, and allow him to play for the next three preseason games. The starters for this game really caused headlines. SGA, Lou Dort, nothing to see there. But Josh Giddy did crack the starting group, along with Darius Baisley and Isaiah Roby. And Mark, from the vibe he put off to those of us in the media in the pregame press conference, seemed like this is his group. Like, this is going to be his core nucleus. He actually went as far as to say that, like, the more interesting question is not about Josh Giddy and he'll stay there. The more interesting question is what they do with the center position. So it seems like they're going to keep SGA, Dort, Giddy as the starters. And that's going to be his group moving forward. I'll be fascinated by that aspect, but it makes a lot of sense, right? So, of course, he's a he's a rookie, and you don't really know what to expect from him. But he's played professional basketball before. Josh Giddey's been playing in the NBL, one of the top leagues in the world, not named the NBA. And furthermore, for this rebuild to work, for, for the Thunder to reach the heights they want to reach, they obviously cannot reach them this year or next year. But to do that, it'll take Josh Giddey not only being a good basketball player, but also being a, a player that can play next to Shea. And he's mentioned before, throughout this entire process, he's never played with another guard before. Another guard, not to mention a guard, like an all-star caliber player like Shea. And so getting used to playing off ball when his most dominant and pre- predominant trait is his incredible passing, incredible playmaking, which we saw tonight, will be something that you want to get figured out sooner than later. That way, once they're on the same page in that aspect, they can learn to grow together and really allow Giddy to develop into the player he'll be for you on down the line whenever it's time to win basketball games. So it's a interesting move, but I think it's the right move. I think it's the right move to let these two guys play together uh, for sure right out the gate, even in that starting group. It also lets the Thunder bring Poku off the bench for now, which allows the offense to flow through Poku. Now in this game, that didn't look good. However, it's just one game, he's 19 years old, so we're not going to overreact to the preseason. And in general, here's a guy like Poku that needs the ball in his hands. You want to see if he has that unicorn potential. The Thunder think that they do, that, that he does, obviously. And you want to see what he can bring as a playmaker and as a guard that's seven feet tall. A good way to do that is by letting him run the show in the second unit because as a complimentary player right now, he's not really that. 
for Shea. Like he's not really a complimentary player yet. And, and he's more of a player in that stage of his career where you're trying to figure him out, see what he can do. And next to Shea, you kind of got to reduce him to, okay, number one, he's not a good defender. Number two, do you really trust him as a drive and kick partner with Shea? And then what are you going to kind of be limited to at that point with, with Poku's development? It could be best for his development and Giddy's development to swap those two guys and put Giddy in the starting group. And they do that so far right out of the gate. So I like this move from Mark and the Thunder. It's important to note as we get into the game now, this is preseason. Defense was optional for the Thunder specifically. They look kind of sluggish. They look like a team that just played a very physical practice on Sunday, which they did. And the Thunder were not running offensive sets. They were not really diving into their playbook. It was just all transition and then kind of all isolation with a few standard pick and rolls. It was not, they they weren't running many other horn sets. They were doing a lot of what they typically would do. And and which was a little surprising because basically said that they've been adding stuff to their playbook. And so obviously they're not ready to show that to the NBA yet. And not in the sense of like hiding it or keeping it top secret like you would hear in football, but in the sense of, Hey, we just put this stuff in. We just installed this new stuff. Let's not break it out in a game yet. Let's work on it for another week. Because remember, these games are very spread out. They played tonight. They won't play again until Sunday. So they have a long time to continue to refine that playbook, see what plays work, what what they feel comfortable running yet. And so for this game, you keep it vanilla. You just do isolation stuff, some standard pick and roll stuff. And then that's kind of the way the thing goes, especially with how fast paced this game was, the transition aspect of it. Now, getting into the game, you have your opportunity now, Thunder fans, to overreact. In the summer league, the Rockets fans got to do it. Every fan base, it seemed like, had a guy that they could overreact to accept the Thunder. And this is your chance now. Josh Giddy was incredible tonight. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. He was aggressive. He was assertive. And he was loud. And that is an area that I think that you'll be most surprised by. If you didn't do a ton of draft research, just how loud his game is with his play style but also his personality, arguing with calls, arguing with officials, you know, in the preseason, uh, getting his guys in the right position defensively and offensively, and just that kind of leadership and that alpha mentality of, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm supposed to be here, and I'm going to help everyone else around me. Just that leadership quality was something that might have caught you off guard in this first preseason game. He was awesome, though. In 28 minutes, he goes for 18 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two turnovers, two fouls, two for three from three, two for four, I should say, from three, 66% from the floor. I think that the stat line itself is awesome, and you couldn't have really drawn up a a more perfect stat line for Giddy, especially whenever you throw in there that he had at least three potential assists. So if you you make this a six assists, seven rebound, 18-point night, on good efficiency in 28 minutes. That's an unbelievable game from a rookie. And that's why I feel comfortable saying he's going to be an all-rookie player. He's going to start, he'll play loads of minutes, and he just has that knack for compiling stats. Especially if he keeps his efficiency number up the way it was tonight, he will be an all-rookie player. He's going to get rebounds. At 6'9", a lot of the times, he'll be the tallest player on the floor for the Thunder. Like They're going to go small a lot. They're going to go positionless a lot. He also loves to get involved in rebounding. That's just what he likes to do. And Mark says they've got to teach him now to, okay, it's great that you're involved in rebounding, but if you don't get that rebound, you've got to dart your way back in transition defense because if you don't, we're now at a disadvantage. So learning that comes with the territory, and I'll have to 
they'll have to get adjusted to that. But in terms of stat compilation and getting all rookie honors for one of the two our rookie teams, I feel comfortable saying right now, Josh Giddy will be on that team. He had passes tonight that are just otherworldly. And it makes you really step back and, and, and you think to yourself, wow, you know, the Thunder have so many guards. What are they going to do with these guards? You know, you want to develop Tail Malvin, develop Ty Jerome, develop all these players. Listen, they're all good. That, that's fine to want to develop Tail Malvin and, and Ty Jerome and these other guards on this team. You should not worry about any player getting lead guard minutes other than Shea and Giddy. If Tail gets lead guard minutes, that's fine. That's secondary. If Ty Jerome gets lead guard minutes, that's fine. That's secondary. You prioritize, though, lead guard playmaking minutes for Shea and for Giddy because what Giddy can do on the floor as the point guard is special. With Ty Jerome, which with you know, with Ty Jerome and Tail Malvon, you're thinking to yourself, ah, you know, these guys could be guards. You know, they could be point guards in this league. No, Josh Giddy can be a great point guard in this league. And at worst, he'll be a good one. Like he has that vision. He has that passing, the ability to whip the ball off the dribble with your offhand across the court to an open man, unheard of, especially for an 18-year-old. He had that great bounce pass that threaded the needle and found the pocket right on Mike Muscala. Incredible. He threw like a 99-mile-per-hour fastball to the low block to Muscala, who blew the layup. Well, a lot of these great passes were not capitalized on with points. And so it won't show up in the stat sheet, but it shows up with his vision, his awareness, his ability to just sprinkle the ball all over the court. The passing was as good as advertised. Josh Giddy was as good as advertised. And imagine if we got to see him in summer league and he did this in summer league, you would have gotten your chance to overreact. It would have kind of put everyone at ease earlier. But this should put you at ease what he's did today in this preseason game. And I know it's one game. And I know it's preseason, but again, nobody was really screaming that at Rockets fans or any of these other fan bases about their guy. And Josh Giddy just did this in the kind of NBA setting. Now there will be growing pains. There will be kind of difficult games, but tonight celebrate knowing that Josh Giddy had a great game coming up. Let's talk about what Josh Giddy can do for his NBA career and talk about what else stood out about this game for the Thunder. But first, I would say right now, but are good friends over at DirecTV. So listen, DirecTV stream is incredible. And I want to know if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another device that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sport highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. And a great way is finally here to get your TV together, and it's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your TV live and on-demand favorites together like never before. You can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. There is no more juggling, remotes, and no need for another device ever again. And best of all, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com for DirecTV Stream. Compatible devices required and content varies by package. Listen, today's game was streamed on the Thunder website, but I've seen a lot of you complaining in my mentions about YouTube TV, about Hulu and other streaming services not having Bali Sports. DirecTV Stream, they have Bali Sports. Get the choice package and they have Bali Sports for you to watch the Thunder. So check that out if you're interested in that as well. So check out DirecTV Stream, uh, do your research and check it out. It's a great service. 
let's say right now about our good friends over at Shopify. So Shopify is great. It is something that I think sounds great. It's another sale on Shopify. It's an all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So like upstarts, startups, and just kind of do-it-yourselfers can get these resources that were once just kind of only given to these billion-dollar companies. It helps you start your journey and it has endless possibilities. This podcast started out with a low audience number and we've grown it into something great. And so things like Spotify, I should say Shopify and what they've been able to give the tools and the resources to small businesses like, like Locked On Podcast has been great. And it's allowed businesses like Locked On Podcast Network to kind of transform into these huge corporations. And it starts with Shopify. Customers online and across social networking, you can reach them. You can reach them with TikTok, with Pinterest, Facebook, and more. So if you're a small business owner and and maybe you don't understand the trends on TikTok, you're not like Josh Giddy. Maybe you don't get how to use Twitter. Believe me, like it's Twitter is kind of a interesting platform of, of, it sounds, you know, kind of weird to sports fans because we're always on Twitter. It's like a sports bar for sports fans, but for Business growing, it's kind of a weird format to grow on. It's like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. You know, Shopify can help you grow your platform and grow your footprint on these social media websites, and they allow you to reach your customers. It's a great thing which helps you grow and sell more product or get more listens or get whatever you want to get out of your business. It's powered by Shopify. Shopify grows with you more than just a store. Make sure you go to Shopify right now. Uh, Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14 day trial to get all access to Shopify's entire suite of features. So grow your business with Shopify today. That's Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA, all lowercase on Shopify. So we're back on Locked on Thunder Podcast on Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms for you to listen on. So subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from, including the new YouTube channel. So I appreciate that as well. So Josh Giddy, what can Josh Giddy become? Because you sit back and you watch this game or watch the highlights and you see these jaw-dropping passes. You see some flashes of decent defense, of you know, quality enough defense, and he goes two for four from three. He has some great drives at the rim, some nifty finishes. Josh Giddy can really, in the long run, be a upper echelon player. It's what I said on draft night. Josh Giddy was not your microwave success story. This was not going to get Sam Presti flowers in the moment on draft night. On draft night, it was more questions than answers. But in five years, Sam Presti's betting on Josh Giddy being somebody who outperforms his draft slot. And, and retroactively getting that praise, Sam Presti believes he can get. And if Josh Giddy passes like that, again, he could have easily racked up six assists tonight. And we know where this team's projected to finish at. Imagine him with better help and better shooters, better offensive threats, and that passing ability. The sky's the limit. I mean, it truly is. 
Now, I think that it's easy to see an all-star game in his future if he can progress the way that the Thunder think he can because he'll be a stat machine, a stat compiler. The rebounds. We saw him effortlessly, like he was not hunting shots and hunting for himself, get 18 points effortlessly. Seven rebounds. And we know what that passing ability and then improved team around him in the future, those assist numbers are going to rack up. I mean, they're going to rack up. If Josh Giddy finds a three-point shot, and he goes two for four tonight from beyond the arc, but if he finds a consistent three-point shot, then Sam, then Sam Presti will be just dancing in the streets of Bricktown with what this guy can become. It's that simple. Because his, his playmaking, vision, passing, ball handling, it's elite. It's elite today as a rookie. And so... Now you're just adding to that. Now you're just adding to that elite trait. You're not trying to find that elite trait. You're adding to it. There's a big difference there whenever, you know, kind of plotting out a developmental plan for your rookie and for Josh Giddy. Now let's talk about Lou Dort. Lou Dort goes three for six from three. Great sign, right? It's one game, it's preseason, but, you know, it's okay to still to, to wonder if Lou Dort's three-point shooting from last season was a fluke or a mirage or whatever, or still be concerned that maybe that other shoe will drop. Today was a good start. You'll take three for six from Lou Dort all night long, all week long, twice on Sundays. So it it was good to see him knock down shots. He had that amazing dunk at the rim as well. Uh, Lou Dort played well. SGA, nine points, three rebounds, four assists, doubled all night long. The, The Hornets did a good job of Delaying the double team and maybe confusing Shea one or two times you know, on a few possessions. And, and of course, Shea was not as efficient as he normally is, shooting 37% from the floor. But again, this was an offense that was not at all um, going through sets and going through plays and schemes. Just kind of a clunky look whenever they didn't get transition. And thus, that hurt Darius Baisley. I thought Baisley played good defense. Offensively, goes 0 for 4. And I get the want to overreact. I get the want to, you know, kind of crush Baisley today, especially on the back of a bad season last year. But I, I am by no means there with Baisley. Yes, he went 0 for 4, but one offensive play, he caught the ball, top of the key, three-point area, drove to the rim aggressively. Lost the ball on the way there, but he was aggressive. And, and so that was one of his turnovers, and that'll go down the stack. She's a bad play, but you want to see him be aggressive. You want to see him take those chances. And nobody was hurt more by them not running plays and not running offensive sets than Darius Baisley. It goes back to last year where he was not utilized correctly. If you're going to have him just stand around the three-point line and not really do anything and not allow him to be active and be a cutter, he's not going to look good offensively. He just isn't. You've got to put him in good spots, and they did not do that tonight in the preseason. That's, to me, not worth overreacting to. I thought that he moved well and relocated well, that the Thunder just weren't really looking to run actions like that tonight on offense, play good defense, had an aggressive drive. That was enough for me. That was enough for me to see uh, improvement from Baisley. Even though the stat sheet looks awful, be careful whenever you're just kind of throwing around how bad Baisley was offensively. There's a lot that goes into it. The, the Thunder did not do good by him, and he – took advantage of a few times we got the ball in his hands and could actually do something with it and not just have to pass it on to the next person. 
I was not as displeased with Paisley's offense as most people were on Twitter. Isaiah Roby had a huge block at the rim. He had a great steal. He only had two fouls this game. And again, the Hornets do play smaller than most teams will. So this actually benefits the Thunder and benefits their wanting to go small with Roby at the five, with Jerry at the five. But Roby did play well in this assignment. You got an assist. You got a rebound, six points, 60% from the floor. And again, blocking Lamelo ball at the rim was awesome as well. I think that he outperformed the rookie JRE. Jeremiah Rapsnell struggled. And to me, he just looked nervous, right? Like that's not his game. You watch him at Villanova. He's a way more comfortable, confident, smart player. Like he was just doing things that are out of his element, that are kind of outside of himself to where he got four early fouls, then calm down for that, didn't foul for that. But you could tell the nerves kind of got the best of him and that he was kind of feeling, hey, this is my first NBA game. And I think that we'll see a different Jerry on Sunday. I'm not concerned about it, but of course, Roby outperformed him in this game for sure. And Roby has that leg up on him. And Roby can be a player that really helps helps mentor Jerry because Roby had to go through growing pains last year. Roby got put in that small ball five position, a spot where he's rarely if ever played in his career before last year. And he had nights where he was fouling a ton and he was not producing offensively. And he just kind of didn't know where to go from there. He also had nights where he was awesome. He was like a good, very good basketball player. So these will come and go with any rookie in general, but also a rookie gonna that's going to be playing in a different spot than, than they're normally used to playing, especially in the NBA with how physical these bigs are. Even the small bigs are very physical, unlike in college. So I'm not concerned, but JRE did look not as expected, right? I expected him to come in there and look like a pro immediately. He came in there and looked like a rookie, which is no big deal, but it is what it is. So Trey Mann, though, also looked like a rookie. And this was expected. I've been saying all along, hey, it's probably best that that Trey Mann gets G League minutes. But sheesh, he went over two from deep. Um, did not look in sync at all. I will say as a positive for Trey Mann, he drove really well and very aggressively. And it allowed him to get to the line and go six for six from the line. Why is this a positive? We know Trey Mann can shoot the ball. Sure, 0 for 2 tonight. Didn't shoot it particularly well in summer league. We know he can light the floor on fire from deep. That is his NBA trait. That is his skill set. So eventually, these threes are going to fall. And eventually, he's going to find the bottom of the net from three. And he'll catch fire one game, and it'll be electric. Now, if you take that skill set and you add into it getting to the line, that moves you to that next tier of score. We saw it last year at Shea. Last year, Shea gets to the line. Boom. He's, a, he's almost a 25-point-per-game score. Getting to the line in this league is a, is a huge, huge benefit, and it takes you to different heights as a score. He has his skill set being the most valuable shot on the floor is a guy who can knock down threes because you get three points for it. Now add in hard drives where he goes to the line six times, goes six for six from the line. Add in four for eight from three, six for six from the floor, and a couple mid-range shots, a couple layups, you're there. I mean, you are a good scorer in the NBA. So seeing him control his body enough to draw fouls and take contact while knocking down his shots at the line was a good sign for the Thunder in the long term. What I'd say right now, our good friends over at betonline.ag, and this is a good sign for you in the long term because you can almost bet on NBA action again. I would not advise preseason action, but... 
I would advise the regular season. I've already placed my bet for the regular season at betonline.ag with a Thunder plus 12 and a half against Utah. They're going to keep it closer than the experts think. Plus 12 and a half in Utah against the Jazz. Uh, we are back and better than ever at betonline.ag. And all eyes right now are on the gridiron. Betonline.ag has a great new interface, amazing new website. They continue to be your number one source for all things football. So go to the website right now, use your mobile device, and sign up today. You receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget to use our code Locked On to receive your bonus. That's from football to basketball, baseball, boxing, to your favorite casino games, and so much more. Do not wait. Take advantage right now on their amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is your fastest and best way to bet on all of your sport action. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. And remember, they have Josh Giddy plus 3,300 to win Rookie of the Year if you're feeling really frisky after this preseason debut. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now that we appreciate you making us our, your first listen every single morning. Listen to this podcast every single day. We do it daily. Get you caught up for the Thunder Right now, when this podcast is over, you can go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball, which gets you caught up on your fantasy basketball needs and also preps you to win your league. So check them out with Josh Lloyd, the number one host and the host of the number one overall fantasy basketball show in the world. So Aaron Wiggins was incredible in seven minutes, only seven minutes, only preseason, whatever. But in those seven minutes, he looked like the player he looked like in summer league. He just absolutely caught fire from three. He goes three for three from three, 12 points, a steal, looked good on the defensive end, looked good on the offensive end. And as I said yesterday, I feel very confident that one of or both of Aaron Wiggins and Paul Watson Jr. will be converted to a standard NBA deal and continue the streak of the Thunder converting two-way contracts. And I think that we'll see Wiggins get more of a run on Sunday, more of a run in game three, and so on and so forth. Now, the training camp invites. DJ Wilson, Rob Edwards did not play. Mark said he wanted to look at them. Obviously, this game, he did not get to look at them because he didn't play them. But in the future, they'll likely play, and we'll see them more. Now, we did get to see Mamadi, who is playing eight minutes in this game, hits a three, gets two blocks, two rebounds, three fouls in eight minutes. Some, some good, some bad. Little column A, little column B with Mamadi. Look, the odds say he's going to get cut and he'll get 
he'll be the guy that's the odd man out in this roster rotation, but he showed some flashes, and that's kind of the interesting part, right? Would you rather have Amadi or Gabriel Deck, who, who I don't know what to make of Gabriel Deck? I mean, what will the Thunder do with a 26-year-old player in Gabriel Deck? But he's a very solid, very good player. It's so confusing because what did the Thunder view Deck as moving forward? It's hard to judge that because every time we've seen him play basketball, either those 10 games last year, the Olympics this summer, this first preseason game or his film from his overseas career, he's been a very good player. Very good. Now he's a bit of old school, big throwback style basketball player. Doesn't necessarily stretch the floor as you'd like to in the modern era, but he plays 17 minutes in this game. He gets five rebounds and assist, and he only fouls twice with four points from perfect from the field, perfect from the line. He just does his job, and he's consistent. He's reliable. There's huge value in that in the NBA, but for this specific team that's trying to build long-term, how do they evaluate Gabriel Deck in his future career? Because to me, even though it's been 10 games plus a preseason game, Deck has shown enough to where, yeah, this guy can play. This guy can play in the NBA for a while, like for a, for a long time, he has an NBA career ahead of him. But is that career in Oklahoma City? Are they showing him off to maybe trade him? Or, or do they see him as somebody who will be a part of this core and this roster when the Thunder want to compete again? I'm not sure the answer to that question. I'm only sure that he's played very well every time we've gotten to see him. Since coming on the Thunder radar, he's played very well. Now, we'll end it with Poku. Poker had a bad game. He tried to do a little bit too much. The offense was running through him. He had a stretch where he had a bad turnover, a foul, another bad turnover. Just, it was not a great game from Poku. I think he recovered nicely, played better towards the end of the game. But the key kind of possession for this game was important to me because this is going to be the Poku experience. He'll have games where, you talk yourself into him being a unicorn, an all-star, and a superstar player. He'll have games where he looks totally and absolutely lost and an awful basketball player. He'll have games in the middle. But in all three of those situations, you can take something from his game, including this very bad one. You got to see the added strength of his game in this possession where he gets the ball kicked out to him for three. He bobbles it. The defense closes out. He no longer has the three-point shot. He puts the ball on the deck calmly, goes into the painted area at the elbow, and then kicks it to an open man for three. That's where the strength of his game and the strength of his body um, has really shown itself this offseason and this training camp. Mark has said so. His teammates have said so. He has said so. So that was a good thing to take away from this game. That was ultimately a lot of bad from Poku's preseason opener. But again, this is the life of playing a 19-year-old. He'll have four for 12 games where he puts up 11 points and he hauls in four rebounds and he gets one assist and two steals and three turnovers. They'll also have games where he scores 25 points and he's an efficient shooter and he's got seven assists. You take the good, you take the bad, and you continue to grow. You have to remember, not only his age, but the feeling when he was drafted was, will he even come over? Will he even play? It was a classic Fran Fischella. He's two years away from being two years away. That was the expectation 
less than a year ago. He was not drafted at this time right here. And yet he's already played 72 games in the NBA and, and not exactly 72, but he played the season last year in the NBA plus the G League bubble. He looked really good at times last year, really bad at times last year. He's doing the same right now. He's getting that growing experience in the association, which is better than anything else that he could be doing right now. So you like that from Pokashevsky. You take the good, take the bad. And then on Sunday, he could be phenomenal and we're singing different tune. Now I picked Jeremiah Robinson Earl for the money ball pick of the day for game number one. And I was wrong. Everyone who logged in a prediction was also wrong. If you logged in Lou Dort, which nobody did, or Aaron Wiggins, which nobody did, you were correct. The first MVP award of the season, preseason game number one, goes to none other than Josh Giddy. Exciting for Josh Giddy. You can't say enough great things. And don't let anybody tell you that it's one preseason game. We know, everyone knows, enjoy your life, enjoy your time here, right? If you watch this game, get excited, feel good about it. You did not get that feel-good story in August for the Summer League. You're getting it right now. You're getting it right now in the preseason. Have fun. Josh Giddy was incredible. He'll be incredible Sunday, hopefully, and be incredible for the rest of his career. And hopefully, you've nailed your sixth overall pick, which you have to do to capitalize on this rebuild. So enjoy today. Enjoy this week. Enjoy everything about life. And until tomorrow, we're back to do this all over again. It's up with the thunder again. I'm Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.